0: hello and welcome to another episode of jackson talks everybody with me your host uh jackson stone and we're at my house everybody's land branded hashtag buy a t-shirt or don't it's all good um but yeah today i'm here with uh my friend milan hello um and i told her before we started recording that i was just gonna ask her basically about her whole life story and she was gonna talk for a hundred a hundred straight minutes about only herself and uh she, she Yeah, she, pretty shut, she shut down that idea pretty quick, so we're not going to do that, um, but we are going to start this episode basically how I start every episode. You said that you've watched a couple episodes before, so you know that I'm about to ask you a question that's very important, powerful, and impactful. Um, so how are you doing, for real?
1: I am, um, I'm stressed, but I'm doing well.
0: You're stressed. What's got you stressed out?
1: I'm moving. So
0: You're that's moving. moving, that's right. I, yeah, you told me you bought a house.
1: I did, so that's... Um... A pretty stressful experience I had my, my fridge moved in today and then discovered that the outlet doesn't work so now I have to get an electrician to come out so I'm like oh the joys of owning a home but yeah
0: yeah I get that <laughs> is this your first home
2: it is it you've is. been
0: living in an apartment yes where do you stay Arlington, in right? Arlington. yeah mm-hmm. Southwest Arlington how long have you been in Arlington
1: I have been in Arlington for well, okay. Well, recently I've been in Arlington for about four years, but I mean, I guess i technically graduated from around there. I went to Kennedale and that's like right on the edge of Arlington. That's high school? Mm. Kennedale. Yeah. Kennedale was a city and Kennedale High School.
0: Oh, that's like a, it's, it's close like a Arlington. Tiny,
1: yeah, it's like a little tiny city, like two minutes on 287 and you've driven through Kennedale.
0: But, wow. Yeah. That's wild that like, <laughs> it's only, it's only 45 minutes from here and I have no idea that it exists. Isn't that, that's crazy, right?
1: It's a great, like, it's a great area though. It's really nice.
0: Hmm. So you bought a house?
1: Yes. In Arlington. in Arlington.
0: You're fired up?
1: I am, I'm really excited. Just you? Yes. Did so. a lot of painting, so that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun, that was fun.
0: So speaking of your electrician problem, right? I bought this house, I'm trying to figure out all the lights. A few of them don't work. And I'm like, damn, okay, I'll get an electrician out. And then, uh, you can't see it on camera, or obviously you can't see it if you're just listening to audio, but by my front door there's three light switches. One's to the outside, one's in here, and then the other one just seemed like it wasn't anything. Mm-hmm. So I was like, damn, okay. And it was like in the living room, so I felt like I needed it to work. There was a few in the bathroom that didn't work, and I wasn't too worried about that. So there's this guy named Frankie Fisher, if you're an MPX fan, you know, you know who Frankie Fisher is. If you're not, he's just a guy who owns his own electrician business, and I'm a friend of his. So I called him over. Said, so, "Hey, buddy, I got I got some things, some outlets that don't work in my new house. Can you come check them out?" He has brings his his uh, his coworker with him. He got this whole gear, everything, the whole setup. They come in, they start checking the switches. Plugs like a thing into the outlet. Goes over to my wall, flicks the one up that wasn't used for anything. He said, "Okay, everything works. You're good. You just got to turn it on." Oh, was it one of the ones that was
1: for the outlet? Oh, so yeah.
0: all my outlets work once I turn the light switch on. And he was like. Yeah, you kind of, you probably could have just checked out yourself, but uh, <laughs> and then he, and then he wrote me a bill, and he was here for ten minutes.
1: You know, I have like six switches in my house right now, and I'm like,
0: "You just try I them. don't know what they do. You just try them all. Yeah,
1: like I plug, plug your phone up.
0: in, try it. <laughs> I would
1: hope that that doesn't
0: because I seemed I, I.
1: But the fridge. Though, I felt like, very. Why would that be the outlet? Yeah, the probably fridge? not the
0: fridge. I felt very dumb though, but I mean, it's good. It works now. So as you can see, we have light in the room. So, success. Yeah, so, major success. Nothing's happened. You know, I've lived here since January, so that's good. What's today's date? November 12th.
1: November 12th, yes.
0: So, this episode will probably be, will drop in December, and it will be the last episode of the year, because I'm gonna take like a three week break in December. So, like a new podcast intro, and new song that I got made. So, this episode will be the final episode of 2020, um, if, if I'm scheduling that right, but I think that's cool. Um, because mostly we're going to talk about this which is experience wrestling which is if you've seen if you follow me on social media which I assume you do if you watch this podcast you've seen me share all this stuff uh, about it and this is the person who started it um, the the brains behind the operation um, but we'll get One to the, of the
2: people <clears throat>
0: yeah she's the brains yeah. behind the operation <laughs> there's a board of directors who are helping out but she her ideas and her thought and her hard work basically all started it off but we'll get into that pretty deep that's mostly what the episode will be about Um, but we want to get to know you to know why you started it like what's your passion behind it um so i know you're are you were you born and raised in texas
1: i was not
0: okay so give us a little background not your whole life story okay just a little background
1: (laughs) okay well um military brat so born in a military base north carolina moved around a lot but ended up settling in texas middle school and then pretty much stayed through here so texas is definitely home to me
0: um, arlington especially. specifically or, or where you talked about going to high school canadale
1: i would say just like the greater dfw area sure that, that's all home okay you know I, I lived in denton for a while you know there's some some sweet moments there there's a piece of you there like, you No know, fort worth same thing so um yeah i was see everywhere
0: okay and then, do you, you went to college at UT Arlington? Do you spend all four years there? You, you uh, well,
1: no. So, um, so initially, I actually went to university in Chicago. Ah. I was stationed up. Oh, well,
0: this is the Bill and I story. <laughs> Yeah. She said that she knows Bill Nye.
1: I I did not say that. She said they're actually close homies. Not not, not at all. uh,
0: He's going to be on the board of directors.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That that would be pretty awesome. Uh,
0: Yeah. That would
1: be pretty awesome.
0: Anyways. She she doesn't know. Anyway, so tell you the story. Uh, Okay, go ahead.
1: (laughs) So I actually lived in Chicago first, um, went to Illinois, Illinois Institute of Technology. I was actually there for aerospace engineering, which is completely different than what I ended up with.
0: Aerospace you know. engineering?
1: Aerospace engineering. How did
0: you get, like, out of high school, you were like, that is what you want to be?
1: I wanted to be an astronaut. So that's so just, cool! Immediately after high school. Wait, we I can't brush there. past this, though.
0: <laughs> no, that's mad cool, though. Like, we like, you just got interested in it when you were in high school? Or it's like someone, like, take you to a NASA museum? Or, like, what's the deal?
1: It started off with Star Trek as a kid. Sweet! As a little kid, I loved Star Trek. I was super obsessed with it. And then when I realized that like you could do that, and maybe not actually be in space like that, but you could contribute towards that happening one day, I was dead set on being there. You know, So um, I pretty much built everything I did throughout middle school and high school towards that goal. I joined the Air Force. Immediately after high school, I went in. Um, that's how I ended up in Illinois. I was uh, aircraft sheet metal maintenance mechanics, so I got to work on jet planes and things like that, which is pretty fun. Wow. I worked on F-16 fighter jets and C-130 carrier planes. Oh. Yeah, so um, I can I can weld. I know how to to handle some metal. So So you you can probably
0: fix this fridge issue, no problem.
1: I can't do electrical. That's like, I won't touch. Mm. I won't touch electrical. So you can
0: fix an aircraft.
1: I can can build an aircraft. I just can't (laughs) make it move. That's so cool. If you need all of the internal stuff done to get someone else, I will build it for you. (laughs) I can do that part.
2: Wow.
0: Okay, so also, you said before we started recording that you didn't know if your story was interesting enough. (laughs) And now I'm I'm getting a little upset. (laughs) Because everything so far that you said is like mad cool. So anyways, keep going. Okay, so you're you're in the Air Force. You're building shit.
1: Yep, Air Force. Just getting after it. I am uh, going to school out there for aerospace engineering, and I was the station manager for a radio station. I can't even remember why I decided I wanted to do that. I mean, I love music, you know. I love everything with it. I don't play anything with music. I don't. I don't create, but I love consuming sure. and appreciating it. So I ended up becoming a station manager, and we just really wanted to get people to appreciate the radio again because no one really listened. What and year I, is this? This was. Oh man, that's really making me think. Yeah. This had to be 2010, okay. cause I definitely was not old enough to drink yet, so 2010.
0: Okay, we'll so people are still people were still listening to the radio for sure, because now it's kind of, maybe, maybe they listen to like Sirius XM, you know, but not just like 106.1.
1: Probably, that's probably true. But it just so happened that um, Bill and I was coming through to do a talk, and we hounded the heck out of, you know, our administration. Like, hey, can you guys please get him on our radio show? Can you at least ask him? And um, I'm not even sure how that conversation went. But, you know, in the end, you know, they ended up having, like, a little interview or whatever with him. And we got to see him and meet him and everything. It was so cool. And, of course, we all geeked out. So I feel like everyone who was in his presence was, like, they grew up off of it. Yeah. So it was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're here. And um, like I said, I was at a school for aerospace engineering. The school I went to was pretty much all nerds. You know, it was. They were all engineering students. I think that's a positive students. term. That's that's what we were. And um, so you can see like the level of geek out we probably had sure. at having him on our campus. Yeah. And the talk was obviously amazing too. So. Yeah.
0: Well, Bill I's a fucking rock star. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely even me someone who's not like super interested in like science would be like if Bill Nye walks in my house right now I'd be like uh, this is cool you know I don't know why he would just show up but
1: everything that comes out of his mouth is just amazing like he explains things in such a way that your mind explodes and I love it
0: that's a good Definitely. way to explain how good Bill Nye explains things
1: <laughs> absolutely
0: okay so how long were you in Chicago for then
1: I was in Chicago for three years, and then... Um, Thoughts on
0: the city before we brushed past it?
1: I, I love the food. I okay. love the culture. Yeah? I hate the city. I could not wait to get back to Texas.
0: Why is that? What about it made you dislike it?
1: So I lived right outside of downtown.
0: Were you close to Wrigleyville, or...?
1: I was right outside of... Yeah, actually. Okay. And, um... There's not really many trees. And living in Texas for so long, you get used to seeing green things. Sure. There's not much green stuff. Not in Chicago. In Chicago. Not, not in the city,
0: especially. Not in the
1: city, no. And then people... I thought Texas drivers were bad. No. Mm. Chicago drivers are like a million times worse. Yeah. It's yeah. really bad. But the food... Oh, I do miss the food. The food is amazing. food is good. They have really great food. Um, all the people I met out there are great. Amazing music. Some of the great, uh, greatest venues I've ever gone to around Chicago. Um, some amazing shows. You went to sweet shows there. Yes, I, I fell in love with a lot of local bands out there. So uh, Molehill, if you ever, if you're into like indie rock, mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend Molehill. They're amazing, and they're they're super awesome too. So um, they're really nice guys.
0: Nice. Oh, you met them.
1: We had them on the, on the show a couple of times too. So um, Bill
0: Nye and, and Mohill.
1: Cobalt and Hired Guns—they're also another great local Chicago band. That's um that's really cool. They make some really great music too.
0: Tight. Okay. So that was Chicago. So you spent three years there, and then you and then you moved back to FW.
1: I did. I moved back to Texas um, to
0: go to change schools, or you or what happened?
1: I had enough of Chicago, so I begged for a transfer. <laughs> So
0: you're still in aerospace engineering at this point?
1: Well, no, I wasn't in aerospace engineering anymore. Um, Around that time was when they announced that they were shutting down the space program. Oh. And I went through a huge, I guess, crisis where I just didn't know... What to do with myself anymore? Like, if I wanted to continue on with that with that degree, if I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to work for a space program. Yeah. Um, In the end, I was just like, I don't think it's worth it. If I may end up being unhappy doing something else because it's not space program stuff, I don't really want.
0: That was your specific intent.
1: Exactly. That was it. So I kind of decided to go to my second love, which was history, and then that that also kind of helped. um, my decision to move back to Texas because UT Arlington has a great, you know, liberal arts program. So that was pretty easy
0: to say. Oh, do they are they known for that?
1: I wouldn't say like no necessarily. Like I don't know very many schools that are known for their liberal arts liberal arts I
0: don't I don't either, <laughs> but, but I thought maybe it was
1: <laughs> You know, most schools that have great liberal arts programs, they're overshadowed by whatever whatever other great things they do. Like at U G Arlington, our nursing program and our engineering programs are Top-notch, mm-hmm. so um, those usually overshadow everything else, but we do have great programs outside of that.
0: Yeah, my sister graduated from UT Arlington.
2: Awesome. Um,
0: and she graduated with an engineering degree. I don't remember what specifically, I want to say it was civil engineering, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I, UT Arlington is great school. Okay, so you're there, you're at UT Arlington, you move back to DFW. Yes. You changed your degree. I
1: changed my degree to history. To history. Great choice.
0: You like history? I love history. Like what's your favorite time in history?
1: So um, my specialization was ancient history. Ancient history. So it was pretty much, I focused on um, pre-Christian culture and pre-Christian religions. So like ancient Mesopotamia and things like that. So that was kind of my my little focus area. And and
0: that gets you going, that gets you fired up. I I love it. That's so cool. (laughs) Okay. And then when you... So when you decided to switch to history, was there like an end goal to like what kind of job you wanted to get or where you wanted to like further your studies or like where you wanted to take it?
1: Well, I I always said when I was little that if I wasn't an astronaut, I was going to be a librarian. So, you know, I kind of had a dream at that point of working for the archives. Mm -hmm. Like that was my, my goal at that point. I ended up getting a summer internship. Well, it was technically for a full year internship at the National Archives, and I uh, changed my mind pretty quickly on on that. The The job was not as... It wasn't as Indiana Jones as I was hoping. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> so basically you said, so you wanted to be an astronaut because of Star Trek, and then you wanted to be a librarian because of Indiana Jones.
1: And the librarians, because that's
2: also oh, an that's, amazing show. Yeah,
0: yeah, very good. Yeah, no, I agree. Um... Yeah, no, I get it. It's the guy. Yeah. Same reason I wanted to be Batman, you know, because at one point in my life, I really wanted to be in the CIA. And I was like, oh, it's like kind of like Batman or like James Bond. And I was like, oh, he's super cool. He drives cool cars. He like talks to women and then he like kills people. And I was like, I thought that was cool. And I was like, now in my life, I'm like madly afraid of guns. I can't stand them. I don't like violence. Um, and speaking multiple languages is like mad hard, and I'm like I'm a uh, yeah, and I'm not very I'm not very secretive like I'm not very I'm like <laughs> I feel like you know you always know I'm coming you know what okay. I mean um, so that yeah that went away pretty quick
2: yeah um, but yeah, you same thing.
0: yeah no I think you're 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 Indiana Jones
1: I get to do pretty cool stuff now I can definitely say that I I got lucky with my job now and I like. I 100% admit, like, I will say that. I got super lucky and I'm so grateful for that. Um, but I knew at one point, like, I was kind of, you know, lost for a couple of years where I was working, but it wasn't something that I enjoyed doing. I was just kind of doing it because I had to do it kind mm-hmm. of thing. But I knew that I wanted to get into academia and I wanted it to be higher education and it had to be at UTA. Like, I was just so passionate about that. Like, I, my dream job at that point was just getting into UTA. Yeah. And the library had a position for an events coordinator. And for the longest time, um, that's one of the things I had done was uh, I coordinated weddings and large events and things like that. So I was like, okay, this is actually a great way for me to get in, you know, um, coordinating educational events for the library. You know, I had the experience. I used to teach for a while too. I've been trying to find <laughs> where I fit for a while. And um, I think it took like a week of me being in that position for me to, to say like, I'm I'm gonna be here until I retire. Yeah. And I, I tell my dean that all the time and it's uh, and I tell, you know, my boss Gretchen that I'm just like, I hope you guys realize I'm never leaving here. I'm gonna be one of those people who like who in our meeting, because um, in our regular meetings we'll do like a anniversary thing and yeah. we'll have some work aversaries that are like fifty six years. And, and, and I'm like, man. I'm gonna be that person who's been here for 50 plus years, well, maybe not 50, but then I'll want to retire, but you get the point. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be there forever.
0: So you have, you feel like a deep, do you feel a deep sense of purpose with your job or is it, does it make you happy or does it, I mean, what about it specifically that you really love it?
1: I do feel a deep sense of purpose when it comes to my job because I love Feeling like I am imparting some sort of knowledge to whoever it is that's coming to one of our our events or my classes or something like that To a point where they have the confidence to go out and further build upon that skill Mm. most of the things that I create for the library are What we would call like those threshold level like those Easy to jump into type of skills. So I do a cooking workshop. Yeah, But the skills I teach in that are very introductory so that you can go into it and then hopefully have that confidence to go into the kitchen yourself and build upon those skills. Or the building workshop, it's that same concept. I'm going to teach you how to build a uh, bookshelf in the hopes that you're going to feel confident with those tools that you just used to go build something on your own. And that's kind of like the idea for everything that we do. And I absolutely love that. You know, when our students come back to me and say, you know, hey, I crocheted this, like, what do you think? And I'm like, whoa, you did that by yourself? Like, when you went home or something? They're like, yeah, I'm like, that's awesome. Or, you know, when I have a student show me a picture of a a blanket that they sewed, you know, after coming and learning how to sew a pillow. Mm. Like, that's amazing to me, and being a part of that, that's why I absolutely love what I do. And that's why I know I'm gonna stay where I'm at. Yeah. You know, my position may change a little bit, but like now I'm more in an ad- administrative type of position. But, you know, um, I still have a hand, and that and that that's it makes yeah. me happy.
0: Yeah, like so. I was going to ask if there's like room for advancement in your position, like, because I feel like you're someone. You know, I don't know you too well, but we're getting to know each other better, which is really nice because we're working together and stuff. And too and now we have this conversation. But I feel like you're someone who doesn't want to just be at this like the same level. Like you want to stay at the same position or the same university, but you want to be I feel like you want to be progressing in some sort of way or, or being challenged. know uh you know mentally or emotionally or like with what your job is or trying to get more I don't know whatever whatever the case may be so is there more advancement for you to do or is there room for growth there's some different things
1: there there definitely is um my supervisor probably pushes me towards that growth more than what I want at times (laughs) sure you know like um you know when it started off it was literally just me in our department doing experiential learning events um and experiential learning is pretty much just learning through doing. So instead of learning through a lecture, you actually have that hands-on experience. It's the best way to learn. Exactly. At least for me, it
0: was the best way to learn.
1: Exactly. And we find that's the case for a lot of people. So yeah. we're trying to like offer those opportunities as well as integrate that into the courses. So more of our courses on campus are actually doing that within so the curriculum. So that's awesome. But, you know, um, I completely forgot what my point was before then. So
0: You're on a roll. Your supervisor is pushing you to be more. Oh, you're doing experiential learning,
1: yeah, which so everyone should do
0: every day. Everyone the,
1: should do it in their everyday right. lives. But it started off with just me, and now um, I have a team of two full-time staff members and four students who, you know, I lead for events in our, our library. Oh. So we've grown exponentially in the last.
0: So you're three a boss, and you're sorry. a boss, and all your jobs.
1: I, I don't always love it, but <laughs> no. I do. I want to, sometimes I really want to be the one like actually in the event doing all that stuff. Mm. And now I'm stuck in meetings and, you know, putting out fires and talking to presidents and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So So that's my life. Okay. So I I mean, a lot has happened in like this year, right? A lot has happened in this year. Well, what's, um, has your job, your job has been, pretty normal or have things been different now that things have changed, like via online classes or whatever the case may be, or with COVID or any of the things that have happened?
1: It has definitely been a crazy different year. Um, UTA has done an amazing job though in how they have addressed like the pandemic and everything. So I've never really had a moment where I felt uncomfortable or like I, I felt like my job was going to be at risk or anything like mm. that. So I'm very thankful for that part of it. But we have gone completely virtual and it is a learning curve for my events. Yeah. Um, you know, I like to think that I do some amazing events. You know, sure. I, I, I like to think there's a reason why we expand it to what we are now. Yeah,
0: we're here to pump you up. Talk about yourself. Um,
1: but I am not necessarily like, I don't like being on camera. Like we, <laughs> it's a joke. At work where when marketing comes by to take pictures for like different things if I realize they're coming I'll magically have something else to do
2: <laughs>
1: so that I'm not there yeah <laughs> and there was one time I even hid underneath the table really quickly like right before he took the shot and he was like really and I was just like I thought about it and realized I can get down quick enough so I did and it just happened
2: <laughs> So. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and with that comes, like, I'm not Well, good sorry for putting you on camera. <laughs> but, you know, you have to be good with a lot of that stuff when you're going virtual, like being on camera, dealing with social media. Yeah. And it's a learning curve for me, and I'm having to get more comfortable with that. And it's taken, like, nine months for me to get to a point where I'm like, okay, all right, we're doing good now. We've got this. Like, our shows are not, you know, falling apart on Facebook. So this is awesome. And now we have to do it for a whole other semester, so...
0: Oh, one more semester? At least,
1: at least that's what yeah. we're anticipating. So, um, at least that's what we're planning for.
0: Hmm, it's very interesting. Very interesting year, I would say.
1: It has been a very interesting. What
0: time. have you? What do you think is something that you've learned over the last? I don't know since April, with all the stuff that's happened.
1: I. I think I've I've learned so many things over this, and I think a lot of it is just like having the time to reflect, like have that Mm self-reflection. You know, before, um, I was like a bee all over the place, I was always super busy, I never really had downtime, Mm -hmm. I never took time off, and then having that moment where I was forced to kind of be at home, I mean, yeah, I was working from home, but it was still a slower pace. I was able to really think through some things and just like realize that how, how important patience was how important it was to really listen to to people and be empathetic and not just listen to them to offer advice, but listen to them to actually get to know who they are. Mm. Because sometimes, you know, and I I was very guilty of this, I don't do it so much anymore, at least I actively try not to. But when you listen, you you are listening to what they're saying, you are listening to be empathetic, but you're listening for the purpose of being able to respond and not necessarily, necessarily listening to understand them better so that you can respond better to them in the future and it's so important to do that and i didn't realize that until i actually slowed down and started thinking about how other people were responding to me because of that or does that make any sense 100 percent. okay awesome i'm happy that that makes sense to someone else no i totally
0: (laughs) totally get what you're saying um yeah because so i'll make it personal i guess when i when i record these episodes I tend to watch them back to make sure, you know, it sounds good. I didn't say anything um, that might get me canceled because that makes me very nervous, actually. Um, even though i Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But anyways, just like if I were to have a wrestling match, I would watch it back to critique myself to try and get better. I'd do the same thing on the podcast. And I found myself, like, in the middle, like... Probably 75, in my head, like 75% through someone talking, I would have something to say. And so I would watch it and be like, dude, what are you doing? Like they obviously have a full thought. You ask them a question, let them get the full thought out. And then think about it for a second and then respond accordingly. And so I know I know what you mean because I watch a lot of podcasts also. I'm, I'm not big on just listening to podcasts. I like to watch them like via YouTube. And a lot of the po- podcast hosts are always like, you know, not to cut you off. Not to cut you off. Well, I mean, why are you doing it? And so, I think, I, I think I've think i gotten better at that. It's, just, it's interesting that you bring that up because like, that's an important part of a conversation. You know, I think in today's world especially, conversations, like actual conversations, are like a, a big key factor to like, heal the huge divide we have in our lives. You know? Not that I have to like, truly understand you, because I probably can't, because we grew up differently, right? Um, white, black, there's all those things that are very apparent about us that are different but I, if having a conversation with you allows me to understand that just because I didn't experience it doesn't mean it's not real mm-hmm. right, doesn't mean I need like totally understand you because I probably never will but at least I have a point of view, a point of reference exactly. where like this person sees it this way cool, I should be more understanding and empathetic to that but I see it this way and now we can go on a path together Exactly. I think, at least. So when you said experiential learning, I was like, oh, we should people just do that every day in their lives. You can only really really understand something if you experience it. They do. Yeah, they just don't think about it like that,
2: right?
1: Exactly. That and they don't reflect. And that's the part that I wish people did more of. Mm. Because if people... And this is something that I do now on a daily basis. Like when the day's over, when I get home, after everything is done, I sit down and I just reflect on everything that happened during the day. Because you never know what lesson you potentially miss until you actually have a chance to sit down and think about it. Right. And, you know, there's always small things and you never realize how, like, how important they can be as far as, like, pushing on your path. And a good example of that would be, um, you know, I had a conversation with my, one of my students and it was just a very generic conversation about, you know, um, how they, how they've been handling the pandemic, you know, just, you know, cooking meals and things like that. And, you know, at the moment, in the moment, I didn't really think anything of it. We're just talking about, you know, how they're doing. But it was when I got home and I did my self-reflection that I really thought about it. And I realized, like, hey, there's an opportunity here for us to build a greater connection with our students by putting something in place where they can actually have these conversations on a regular basis.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And by sitting down and doing that and realizing that we had that deficit, I wouldn't have seen that deficit if I didn't re- like reflect back on everything that had happened Absolutely. throughout the day. And now, you know... I think we can be a little we are being a little bit more aware of how our students are handling certain things yeah and we are speaking to them more like we're actually having conversation with them rather than just being like hey did you do your job we're actually talking to them about what they're doing not like outside of work if that makes sense we love our students
0: how interesting is that though right like in a time where we're supposed to be distant from each other we're we're actually connecting more
2: Mm-hmm.
0: what do you think how do you, what do you think about that what do you think that means
1: it goes back to that whole comment I was making about how before I feel like I was just a busy bee just too fast I think a lot of us have slowed down a little bit mm. to where we can where we're realizing that we need to make those connections yeah. at least that's what happened with me like once I slowed down I realized we need to make I need to make more connections and I feel like a lot of people are now reaching out and that's happening.
0: Yeah, absolutely. we how much we need
1: each other.
0: Yes, very much so. It's
2: so important.
0: Yeah, I think people are doing a lot more like self observation and self reflection. <clears throat> like it's interesting, right? We'll go watch a movie. Like when we can go to the cinema, we'll, we'll go watch a movie, and after the movie, we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Did you like it? What did you like about it? But we tend not to do that in any other part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so that's what self-reflection is. Oh, I had a conversation with this person today. Did I like it? What did I not like about it? You know, it's the same thing you would do if you have a nice meal or a meal in general. If you didn't like it, you're not going to go back to it. But you reflect on that meal and we do that. We don't do that in like the way more important parts of our life, mm-hmm. you know? We should. Right. Because it seems like, like, who, does it really matter if I like that movie or not? No. But we ask ourselves that. But what does it really matter if I like this person? Or am I gonna get along with them? Or like, what is hindering me from connecting with them? Or do I like my job? Or what can I do differently? These are all the same questions, um, just in a more like, like a deeper way, but
1: yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah. But since doing that, I feel like it's, my life has been much less chaotic. Right. You know, even if you don't know quite where you're going, you still have more of a direction when you can, when you self-reflect, you kind of have a, a view of what's happening.
0: Right. Yeah, and not everything you self-reflect is like positive. That's true. Which is also important too,
1: There's,
2: you know?
0: Because yeah. I think a lot of people, because like, I talk about like self-love a lot, right? But self-love is not like, it's not making excuses and it's not being complacent, right? Self-love is like a deep act of discipline when people mm-hmm. don't understand, right? I'm being disciplined with myself. I'm, I'm, I'm loving myself because I have a deep responsibility to my future self. And that means talking about the things that aren't good
2: mm-hmm.
0: and are good as well. I'm, I'm doing the things that are good and continue to do those things, but what are, what are the things that I lack in or need, need to get better in? That's an act of self-love as well. It's not making excuses or being complacent with your ideas or who you are. I mean, if you're totally 100% happy with where you're at, say there, but there's very few people that are like, in this position right here, right now, I'm 1000% truly happy. Right?
1: And even so, you should always be striving to better yourself. Exactly. Right? And, and, like, period. And that's that mindset that you need to have if yeah. you're trying to better yourself.
0: Exactly. What a perfect segue into your love for professional wrestling. Let's talk about that. Let's dive into Very that.
2: Easy. All right.
0: Let's go there.
1: So, my love for professional wrestling. Yeah. Um,
0: when to start, how to begin <laughs> all of this regular cliche questions that every wrestling podcast has ever asked me in my whole life but I'm asking you now so it's different
1: it is different I was um, man I have a huge family so okay. I have like a ton of cousins sweet but in my age group I was the only girl so of course that just kind of meant that I, I was just like the biggest tomboy hanging out with all of my you know my male cousins and they were all huge wrestling fans, so I kind of just like naturally got into it with them. Mm-hmm. And before long, I think I was probably as obsessed, if not more obsessed, with it as them. And it was always funny, because um, when I'm say a kid, I'm probably like seven or something like that. Six or seven. And I would be trying to like have matches with them, and my <laughs> parents would come in and go, like, no, Milan, you can't do that. Let the boys do that. You can't do that. And I'm just like, what? So I was always stuck being like the referee. Oh damn! Yeah, I was a dirty referee though.
0: So, it's a good spot to be. That a lot of power there.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. that's where I felt like I, I got my power back since yeah. I couldn't actually be in the ring and in the action. Well, I mean, I guess I was still in the ring. But, You're right. You know, if I couldn't, you know, be doing everything else with them, I at least was going to be controlling. You control the environment. There. That's right. <laughs> so that's kind of where um, it started.
0: Was it WWE? You saw WWE. It, it, it
1: was WWE. Um,
0: Who's your first wrestler you ever saw? You remember?
1: First wrestler I ever saw Oh man um, On TV? On TV I, I, I can't say who the first wrestler I ever saw But I can say oh, This is so This is almost embarrassing to admit No shot
0: <laughs> No shot
1: But when I was younger Again that age That age uh, range I had the hugest crush on Kane So back when he was like all masked
0: That's great We all love Kane
1: But like I told everyone I was going to marry Kane like I was like dead set Kane was my man mask and all and everyone would just be like but you've never even seen his face and I was like that's why I love it (laughs) and um but yeah so that's what I always remember is Kane I absolutely um, love Mankind um and and China was a, a huge favorite of mine yeah and I think for that one you know there weren't there weren't a lot of women that I remembered watching on there that weren't Over-sexualized?
0: Yeah, yeah. Back back then, it was it was a uh, it was a lot.
1: So it was hard to find a, a female wrestler who you could kind of look up to and be like, okay, that's someone who could like kick your ass, and right. I'm happy for it. Yeah, there were very few, you know, women. They just like got that.
0: portrayed so poorly, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it was always like something where it was just like, why is she being like that? Really, is she gonna let him do that? And that was kind of like how I felt about um, yeah. a lot of them growing up. But, yeah, that's where my my love started. I fell out of it for a while in middle school and high school, of course, because then, you know, teenagers. It wasn't as cool yeah. Yeah, it it wasn't, I guess. Well, it wasn't even that. I think I just kind of forgot about it. I got obsessed with other things. Yeah, Star Trek,
0: Indiana Jones, being an astronaut.
1: Yeah, all of that stuff was happening. That's mad cool stuff, though, too. Yeah, I was a mad geek, so I was, like, super in the books. Um, Did
0: you read comic books?
1: Yes, I did. I did everything you could possibly think of, but I was also surprisingly like I wasn't like an uncool geek. I was a pretty cool geek because I was also an athlete. So you sound I like the coolest like, person. It out.
0: You probably had all the people wanting to hang out with you.
1: I wouldn't say that. No, not yeah. really. I had a cool. I had a cool group. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. had a we had a cool group. We were we were fun. We were fun kids. We'll go with that.
0: Okay, I'll stick with that. <laughs>
1: we'll stick with that. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but I mean I fell out of it during that time period and then it was actually when I was in Chicago in college and um I was flipping through the channels and I remember that it it was Seamus who was on screen and I was just like fuck is this giant like ginger looking all <laughs> angry and I realized it was wrestling and I was like absolutely obsessed with him and I was hooked and after that I was watching like every week again. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I was back to being the crazy wrestling fan that I remembered myself being when I was younger. And, you know, that continued up until probably, like, last year when I was introduced to local wrestling here. Mm,
0: so you found independent professional wrestling. I
1: did. And, you know, my friends always talked about it. In
0: 2019, happened, you found it. I
1: know, 2019. It took me so long. But I'd never been to a local show. Yeah. My friends wanted to take me. Um,
0: One of your friends likes...
1: In Indie wrestling? Well, a lot of my friends do, but oh, none yeah? of them would take me to shows ah. because they always said, no, that's not the place for you, like, you shouldn't, it's not, it's not your cup of tea. Okay. But we shouldn't take you there. Why
0: do you think they said that?
1: I'm, I'm going to assume that it's because they didn't want, you know, me to feel, un- feel uncomfortable or something sure. at a show, um, yeah. which I can understand. Because there have definitely been moments. You where know, you felt issues. uncomfortable? Yeah. So, I mean, I can definitely um, see that. Especially at the age I was then, I probably would have been much more uncomfortable.
2: Yeah.
1: Now I'm at a, you know, at a point where that kind of stuff doesn't bother me nearly as much. Sure. So, um, not as big of a deal. Okay. But, you know, I finally got to a, a show because of my friend Savannah. She brought me with, you know, Savannah.
0: Yeah.
1: So She's um, part of
0: the experience of wrestling.
1: She is. So they finally got me to a show and I remember too watching that show. It was a VIP show. Cool. And I was kind of like, I was going into it kind of skeptical, you know? I was like, I, I don't really know what I'm going to see here. Um, everyone keeps warning me that it's not going to be like, you know, what you see on WWE is not going to be like that. So don't get, they were, they were telling me not to get my hopes up. So I was just like, mm. okay, I won't get my hopes up. And um, as we're going through the matches, you know, I'm just like, okay, I, I'm feeling this. I can see what the difference is, but I'm enjoying this. And the moment where it completely switched for me was it was uh, I can't even remember who else was in the match. It that's so terrible. But it was uh, a match with Barrett Brown.
2: Ah, Barrett Brown. <laughs> Sick. And I remember He's the man. when
1: he first came out, I was just like, okay, uh, another guy. You Not know, I'd never seen him before, so I wasn't necessarily like interested or intrigued or anything like that. Yeah. But it was when the match started, and like instantly, you could see the difference yeah. from the other matches that I would seen up to that point. For sure, and I was hooked, and I was like, "All right, I'm absolutely coming to another." So, Barrett Brown got somewhere. you hooked. Barrett Brown definitely he's, got me. hooked.
0: Yeah, he's a very good professional um, wrestler. He
1: is, and he's you know an amazing person. You know, outside of that too. He is, so, yeah. absolutely. And then you know, I think the next show I went to was actually a show where I saw you and Andy Dalton and. A couple other people sure. and that was kind of what continued like my obsession I slowly built up a new list of people who I loved yeah and um, I can't even remember the last time I watched a WWE show to be honest it doesn't intrigue me nearly as much now
0: okay that's a beautiful okay so <clears throat> I don't really know in terms of my audience what they watch more indie wrestling or WWE wrestling um, but I would say I don't know I don't know the numbers either maybe half our wrestling fans mm-hmm. will say we well, am just throw a number out there
2: <clears throat>
0: so for for those people what would you uh say the difference between watching a WWE show and a and an independent professional wrestling show is
1: the biggest thing that I took away from the independent shows was that there was much more character and there was much more I'm not gonna say that the stores were more developed because that wouldn't necessarily be true but you felt it more. Like you were much more in tune with the, mm. the people who were in the ring I and mean, that's not something that you don't get that same level of connectedness with WWE or even AEW now. And I think one of the reasons for that is because of the fact that you guys are so involved outside of the ring, be it, you know, during a show, before a show or just on social media mm. and the way you guys kind of built that stuff up and man, the way you guys interact with the audience is way different mm. than what you would see, you know, in mainstream. And I used to think, um, I used to always tell people who we were talking about wrestling, it's better to watch wrestling on TV. And that was back when I was only WWE. Like, I would go to, to shows when they came into town, but it was more so because I'm a fan when I go. But I didn't enjoy the experience. It was-
0: hmm. Where'd you go? American Airlines Center? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I went
1: there a couple of times. And, um, a few times in the we UTA on the UTA campus. at a college park center. Oh, okay. So... You know, that's what I would always tell people. And then when I started going to the local shows, it was completely flipped. I mean, I I definitely enjoy watching them on TV, too. But I'd much rather be at a live local show. Like, that environment is so different, and it's it's so much better. So that, that, for me, I think is, like, the main difference as far as, like, why I enjoy independent more than mainstream.
0: Yeah. I love independent professional wrestling, obviously. That's what I do. And so if you've never if you've never been to a show live, an indie show live, um, you don't know where to start or where to go, or, you know, there's not a lot going on right now because of COVID, which is good because we're being safe and precautious about, you know, um, the virus and stuff like that. Um, but there's some stuff happening every once in a while. Um, so if you're interested in that, please reach out. I'll let you know because, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be independent for probably the rest of my career because I want to be. Um, and, uh, that's, it's important to me, um, it's important to me to change the culture of independent professional wrestling, um, because we've gone through a lot, not only since, like, just since I've been in wrestling and also in the last, like, year, um, which is why we're going to talk about experienced wrestling. So how did this come about? Give us a whole, give us a rundown. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll, go ahead, we'll get deeper into what kind of work we're doing and, okay. and what's the goal behind it.
1: So, um, back when I first discovered local wrestling, I was so intrigued. I couldn't stop talking about it at the library. Everyone was just like, oh man, Milan is a wrestling nut. This is crazy. <laughs> <And> then, um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone at the library at this point knows that I'm the wrestling fan. So, um, our archivist, reached out to me or I, I think we had run into each other she's like hey you love wrestling right now i was like yes absolutely did you know that we have this collection the von eric's collection here at the library i did not know this so now i'm you know going through all of the different things that we have in the library's collection i'm like super into it and then she asked if i wanted to write an article to include with the collection about professional wrestling in the area mm-hmm. so i'm just like this is perfect for me absolutely i want to do this yeah but when i started the job of course um there was I couldn't find anything that was considered like academic resources like there wasn't any academic con- uh, content available yeah. for me to use so I started the whole um, experience wrestling project first to collect the oral histories which of course I had reached out to you for that as well mm-hmm. to be involved in and then what maybe two months after the pandemic happened so I didn't get too far into the project before everything happened
0: right yeah oh yeah I was yeah yeah
1: like it was it was pretty soon after um, and then of course right after that, more stuff happened mm. and all, you know all of the chaos and it was kind of um I don't know like you know the the project was already on hold. I didn't quite I knew that I wanted to do something. I just didn't know how I could possibly contribute to a community that I didn't really feel like I was a part of. Sure. And then I got a call from um, well, I got a text from David Ford. He was like, "Hey, can I call you? I, it's really important. I just want to talk to you for a few minutes." And um, I was like, "Yeah, sure. Yeah." Um, Have you met
0: David before?
1: Yes. Just he, doing
0: the, the stuff that we did.
1: Yeah. So um, I initially met him, of course, through when I was doing his oral history, and we've become really good friends since then. Um, he's he's awesome. He uh, he can talk though. So our our few minute conversation, I think we're on the phone for a good, like two hours.
0: Yeah. yeah. He got, he gets when he gets going, he's, <laughs> he's on a roll.
1: But um. Pretty much in that conversation, he was expressing to me about how he had been reading everything and he had been reflecting on all the things that had been happening in the community and, you know, he really felt like something should happen, but he knew that he wasn't the person to do it. And he said that he had thought of me. And, you know, some of the things that that I do and my passion and respect for professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. And he was curious whether or not I was interested in um, potentially doing like a, a promotion or something like that.
0: So it started off as a promotion.
1: So that's what he had, had um, suggested to me. And, you know, we had kind of talked through it and everything like that. But ultimately, when everything was said and done, you know, I realized that with my experience, like, I mean, sure, I could definitely put on a show. I, I run events. I have run shows. I've done things like that before, not wrestling, of course. But, you know, I, I do feel like at least with the logistical side of it, I could manage something like that. But I, I felt like there was something more that I could contribute with my background, mm-hmm. and um, you know, thinking through that, I started thinking about some of the different initiatives and efforts that I'm involved in on campus. You know, I work with a lot of different multicultural groups. Um, you know, I work um, um, on one of the well, not one. I'm on multiple different DEI committees that actually um, oversee some of the different policies. What does that stand for? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. <laughs>
0: Thank you. I mean, I know what it means, yes. but
1: we'll talk about that a lot
0: those three those three (laughs) words are very important
1: (laughs) so i'm on a lot of committees you know across campus for that and i've always been an advocate for all types of things and i wanted to to do that for wrestling and Mm. i I was like i've done this before you know i i've been there why not use these skills that i have to at least at at least help our community because that's where i was thinking initially was just you know helping some of their local promotions create some um edi policies maybe help them with some training and then of course just help people get into the industry so that we could make sure that we have a diverse population
0: and you were and while this was happening right the speaking out movement was going on right
1: exactly and
0: so this is something that was uh you know personal to you as you know some of your friends were going through it um you were going through it
2: Mm
0: -hmm. right we don't have to get into that um but I was going through it, as everyone who listens to this podcast knows. Um, so that had a lot to do with it, I believe.
1: Yes, it, it definitely did. Um,
0: and then everything else was going on in the world too. In the world too, yeah. Protests and
1: yeah, there was there was definitely. I feel like this was the year that the world was telling us it's time for change. Fuck yeah, we're tired of you. I'm like, I'm tired of you not doing something, so I'm going to force yeah. you to see this. Absolutely, because time after time, everything that, that keeps happening is just saying. We need to do things differently. Right. But that means that we need to actively do things differently and not just say we're going to do them. Yeah. And that's something, I think that's the hard part for a lot of people, knowing, not necessarily doing something, but knowing where to start. Yeah. So, um, and for me, you know, that was kind of my problem initially. But again, I, you know, during the pandemic, I've been doing this self-reflection thing a lot, and that helped me go get through this, kind of think about where, I fit within the community,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I told myself I want, I want to be the bridge. That was kind of um, what I got to, and it was because of, again, a conversation with Fuller where he commented to me that he, there was uh, one owner who he had never spoken to, never had a, a really good relationship with until I had asked them to, to sit on a panel. And then um, that was like the first time they'd actively spoken while trying to avoid each other all of those years. Wow. And that, that meant something to me because it meant that I, despite the fact that I thought that I wasn't finding my place in the community, yeah. I was gaining the respect of, of people to the point where they were willing to be in that, that situation. Because I never thought about it. I never thought, like, that never occurred to me until he said, like, hey, this is the situation there, but because it was you, we were okay with it. And now we're talking. That's amazing. And I want to continue that because I feel like um, if our promotions and some of our wrestlers talked a little bit more, we wouldn't have nearly as many issues as we have. And again, it goes back to not just listening to what they're saying, but really listening and figuring out what the core of the issue is Mm -hmm. and finding a solution to that. And I'm hoping that we can, can help with that. But then again, also just do positive things like, you know, raising awareness around, um,
0: Wait, before you, before you go. Okay. <clears throat> we got to put everything together now. So you decided no against the promotion. You thought about all the work you're doing at, on your, with your actual job. Yes. And how you're creating diverse, equity, inclusive stuff. Yes. And you're like, okay, everything that's happening in wrestling, I can take these things and put them into wrestling, but not in a promotion sense, but a more of an organizational sense. And then you went, so that's the route you went.
1: Yes. So, I mean, um, at some point, you know, there are plans, which, you know, you've seen our actual long term goal plans and everything mm-hmm. to, you know, be able to host shows. But those, of course, are meant to be learning opportunities. Yeah. You know, for students who may have never even thought of using wrestling as, a, you know, a career choice for them. Right. So maybe they're, you know, really, maybe they're going to school for videography or something like that. Maybe they're interested in doing something like that. Sure. Giving them that opportunity to run a show alongside professionals could pique their interest, and so I mean, that's what I'm hoping for from um, from that. But not in the traditional sense of like uh, what I guess you would. The goal would be for a promotion. Yeah,
0: I think it's more sponsoring an event. I would call running a promotion because there's a there's a problem in indie wrestling that we only want people in indie wrestling who are like a part of wrestling, right? There's like this weird paradigm about that, that we gotta keep people in the business and like you gotta keep everything tight and that's shit, mm-hmm. right? Because that created the issues that we had when people were keeping secrets for bad people and doing bad things and that's like this weird paradigm of like keep everything close to your chest. Mm-hmm. But if we had people on the outside who had real business acumen or real event planners, Um, none of this stuff I mean obviously it would still happen because there's still bad people and obviously bad things happen with other businesses too but I'm saying overall it would be cleaner and better and the shows would be more professional people would get paid better Mm. on time there'd be you know uh, there'd be more things in practice that were not like oh this just happened it is what it is it's just wrestling like I can't I can't I can't stand that any like no why are you not getting paid ah it's just wrestling man you know no you just put in real work if you worked at sonic and you put in 15 hours and they're just like sorry man just sonic no one would take that that's like not that doesn't happen and so i'm getting real passionate but um and so yeah so like the idea of like bringing in people who have their background isn't wrestling but their background is things that are actually like that, you, that we wanna do in wrestling, we wanna run shows, it's an event, we wanna film them, so that's videographers, there's graphics, there's, you know, all of these things that go into running a wrestling show, which makes running a wrestling show really cool and unique, but if you can bring outside people in, who then eventually find a passion for wrestling, and see like the art behind it, and creating cool video packages, and a business Absolutely. plan, and so yeah, so that's okay. That's where you come in. That's where you fit in the community. Exactly. By the way.
1: That that's where I feel I fit in the community. So um, your
0: purpose is big.
1: I I, well, I I hope so. I hope that we're gonna be some big things. It I'm is. Really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. <clears> um, so okay. I there's
1: like a lot of moving parts. I mean, there's a lot of different things that we're hoping to accomplish with that. But right. In the end, the ultimate goal, of course, is just creating a. Diverse and equitable wrestling community, yeah. and inclusive wrestling community for sure. And I'm excited for that because that's something that it definitely deserves. And I didn't realize until I started doing this project how badly it needed it. Yeah. So that that's crazy um, as fan, and, and that's something that I feel is so different, to, like to other. And, like if you want to use NBA as an example,
2: yeah,
1: you're very aware of what's going on. Within the NBA, usually like, there's all kind of people talking about the mm-hmm. ins and outs of that. That's not the case with wrestling.
2: Yeah,
1: unless you know someone who's actually yeah. in it, and I don't think it should be that way. Because if it, if if it weren't that way, then somebody would have already made an cry a little bit sooner about some things. Mm-hmm. It just makes me a little sad, I guess. It makes you me see very it, sad. You see it, and you just know that it could have it could have been different. Yeah, but
2: now. Nah,
0: now we have, we, yeah, the, the, the parts that I'm very excited about, about what we're doing is one, having basically a support system for people, a support system for people who are just starting to get into wrestling, you know, having a mentor. I love the mentorship program because yes. people need that when they're getting into wrestling. They need that when they're getting into any kind of new field of life. They should have one who has, someone has their back. Someone's going to say, this is right. This is wrong. This is how you should value yourself or what this is, what that isn't. Um, that's important, especially since there is still pro wrestling trainers out there who aren't good people um, because they haven't been outed or whatever the case may be, they're still out there. There's always going to be bad people. We can't, you know, I wish we could rid all of those people and get them help and, and figure that out so they could be rehabilitated and be better. Um, but most people don't want to make that choice. Um, and so, yeah, so the mentorship program is awesome. Yes, that's gonna be a great one. Um, and the relief fund is something I'm very interested in because I think everyone knows that when you work for we'll just say WWE a wrestling company, that it's not it's not great. Right? It's not great. Yes, you get a paycheck, yes it's constant salary, yes you're on a bigger platform, but the reason people take it off leaving the indies, in my personal opinion, no one else feels this way because I'm not I don't this is just me. is that on the indies there's no security right you don't know when you're getting paid if i get hurt i don't wrestle um all of these things and so when you get the contract the first contract that you get you take it because it's like okay now i can support my family i get a guaranteed money um i get a bigger platform so in case something does happen i can maybe do something outside of it so the goal my intention with the relief fund is that Obviously, I can't, we can't, we might be able to get enough money where we can pay you 100% of what you made if you got injured, which would be awesome. That would be. But the idea is that we can help support you if something does happen. And so that we can make being an independent professional wrestler more safe, more secure. And and it allows you, what's so beautiful about indie wrestling is it allows you to create a freedom. Mm -hmm. like if I was working for another big corporation I wouldn't be able to do all the stuff that I'm doing outside of being an indie pro wrestler and as you guys know that's that's the important part of my life right you are loved all these things right and now experience wrestling and so the relief fund being able to set up something that's in place for wrestlers when something happens someone will break their arm someone will tear their ACL get a busted nose right get a flat tire on the way to a show these things are all inevitable especially when the in the environment that we're in right very physical environment a lot of roads traveled these things are going to happen we're gonna, we're going to get in an accident sadly we're going to have a blown tire we're going to get injured and so if there's things set up in place to help recoup those losses not fully but a little bit kind of like when you get like in a normal world not normal. i shouldn't say normal it's a bad word but say before covid when you get one unemployment you got Uh, like a like a like a percentage of what you normally would make to help keep you afloat that's the idea with the relief fund um that's what the fundraisers are for um and then yeah and then just trying to make wrestling more safe and secure so that people with kids feel comfortable bringing their their kids to a show in front of wrestlers you know and that everyone in wrestling gets the same equal opportunity right mm-hmm. equal opportunities don't mean equal outcomes but they do mean that everyone is getting uh, the same chance right exactly because if I'm if I take a, pie, a slice out of the pie I'm not taking from your piece because the pie is big enough for everybody
2: mm-hmm.
0: right and so I don't know if I said that in a way that makes sense but and then also on top of that I really because there's way, Like, to be very frank, there's way too many suicides in pro wrestling. Um, There's been three that I know of in the last three months. Wow. Um, And so um, the the mental toll of being a pro wrestler, I think, is a lot deeper than the physical toll. Um, And so with the work that I'm doing with You Are Loved, I would... We're gonna partner obviously together because um, you are loved, there's no other people around. It's just me, <laughs> so, so whatever. So, but I can bring those mental health services and those support groups um, to wrestling so we can be, again, the idea is more open and honest conversation, trying to figure out who I am when I present my pro wrestling character on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but also being able to separate that from who I am Monday to Thursday when I'm with my kids, or I'm at home, and we don't have to get lost in that translation. Um, and that, I think that's what causes kind of the identity crisis, which then causes the the deep mental health struggles, along with just like everyday life, right? Mm. Long trips, not being away from your family, the sacrifice, low pay, um, very grueling business, a lot of failure, um, which takes a deep toll on, on anyone's mental health. So if we have all of these services in place not to say we're going to be perfect not to say we're going to be able to help everybody because it's impossible um, but there at least be something in place to help us make the best environment and the most thriving environment possible so if you have any more to say off that
2: I said a lot
1: you did <laughs> so I guess to tag on to that you know um, you know we're talking about support and, and being there for, for everyone you know we do have, which, of course, I guess this is our first time actually announcing and announcing it. But we do have a um, a report line. So if you have an issue or if you've seen something, like, say it. Because unless you say something, no one is going to be able to address it. And that doesn't mean that you know we're out to get anyone in trouble because that's never the goal. The goal is to have conversations around things. Mm-hmm. But unless you tell us or tell someone that there needs to be a conversation around a topic, we can't initiate those. And it can be done anonymously. If you would like, um, you would like that option, you can definitely do that. But the other great thing about it is if you do um, decide to report, there is an option on there to, re- to speak to one of the board members. And then you could be connected with one of us if you want to then be connected to maybe some mental health services. So we're here to help the community as best as we can. And I, I think it kind of goes back to just accountability, you know, having someone out there saying on the outside, we're watching that we're watching out for the community because it's not we're policing or anything mm-hmm. weird like that. We're just trying to get everyone talking so that we can have a safer community right. and one that everyone deserves to be in, what everyone wants it to be. You know what I dream of it to be because oh my gosh I love the community everyone I've met so far has been absolutely phenomenal and that's from professionals to fans everyone is so loving so giving mm-hmm. so you know that there's so much amazing potential there and that's something that I don't see in a lot of other athletic communities or um maybe theater you see it a little bit in theater but I don't see that in many other places
0: right yeah there's a there's a there's a close bond there's a close-knit bond and uh yeah
1: so uh, what so what other than the the things that you've mentioned um the report line you know we have a fairly small board right now we have some great people who are sitting on that board but we are looking for individuals who want to who sit. are they who
0: are those people on our board
1: <laughs> so the two of us is obviously and then there's also um savannah who is a fan um, she is, she acts as our uh, photographer for events once we are able to be places again
2: mm-hmm.
1: we have solo darling who Woo! is absolutely amazing um, if you have not seen her uh, I spent probably a little bit too much time, like, just watching- You watch a bunch matches. of her matches? Yeah, I just yeah. watched a bunch of, Like it,
0: she's a, She's a badass. <laughs> to the
1: point where I, like, I watched a bunch of her matches and, I, and then I text her and I was just like, I love you so much, you're so amazing. And she was just like, thank you so much. And I was like, we were just being very emotional about how, how amazing she was, but she's, Good. And she's absolutely yeah, awesome. She's incredible. So, um, please follow her. Uh, <laughs> so, um, we also have Jessica Gamble. Who is a, another fan? Um, she was one of our original members. And then um, it's late. We have one more individual on our board. We have Veronica. I don't know how to say her last name though, so I don't want to bit- butcher it. Do you know how to say your last name? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: we totally botched this part, no. huh?
1: I'm gonna spell it and then you all can interpret how to pronounce the last name. And I apologize, but I don't I don't like saying like my name is 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 odd. Milan? Most people say my name wrong, so I feel for people. So I really hate saying other people's names wrong. Mm-hmm. But Veronica B-R-A-Z-I-E-R.
0: Yeah, well then you can try my my real last name.
1: I I I've already told myself I will never. Whenever <laughs> I see it, I'm just like <laughs> It's <laughs> forever uh, just Jackson Stone. So it's that's,
0: easy. That's easy, right? Yeah. yeah okay. That's easy. We'll skip the real Jewish lesson. <laughs> um. Yeah.
1: So that's our board.
0: That's our board.
1: Um, we do have a community advisory board as well. Our community advisory board. That's the board that monitors our report line, um, and that is a board that we are actively trying to recruit for so if you are passionate about making change in professional wrestling you're more than welcome to uh, go to our website experiencewrestling.com and then you can apply to join our team and there's other things that you can volunteer to join with um, if you're interested in being a historian um, and actually you know um, continuing collecting those histories uh, we're doing that you know we're always looking for mentors Mentors, absolutely. We definitely need mentors. Um, there's been some great response to that. So I'm really happy about the list that we have so far.
0: Oh, we got a good one?
1: We do. Yeah, we have Ooh. a good list going.
0: Good. We awesome. have some
1: amazing people on that list. So I'm really looking forward to when we get to the point where we can actually start connecting our mentors with some some new people Yeah. in the industry. So that's, um, that's going to be fun. Yeah. And then if you're um, really savvy with social media or technology, I would love... Yeah, we could video.
0: use a we could use a good graphic yeah. uh, designer who would like to help us make some graphics.
1: That would be uh, for that Instagram. Would be awesome.
0: Instagram specifically.
1: That's not my forte. So, not mine either. Not very good at it, but we, we we've been trying. And you mentioned our fundraiser. So um, the first fundraiser that we're doing is our push-upathon.
0: What day? What day is that?
1: So it's going, you can buy tickets all throughout this month, but the week, December 1st, through December 5th. So the first week of December is when the push ups will take place on social media.
0: This episode will come out on December 5th.
1: <laughs> so that means you need to go and watch the push ups. Oh no, they're already be done.
0: Yeah, which would be perfect.
1: But still, go back and watch the push ups. So you yeah. can see him do a ton of push ups. Yeah. Because he Well, they'll them- see
0: all the push ups and they'll be like, what is this great company? And then the episode will come out and they'll be like, oh, this is what it is push-ups I do have a lot like yeah. 200 or
1: I've been I've whenever someone asked me like um oh you're doing this non thing right let me support you well, who should I buy tickets for I'm like Bradford Jackson so um bruh yeah so you have got quite a few do
0: I have more than 200
1: not yet okay
0: but
2: you're
1: you're about to be though. but I mean we're only like mid-month by the time that's we true like we have month. another
0: month left basically like, like two yeah. Three weeks two yeah weeks. just
1: about yeah so I'm pretty sure cool. by the end of the month you'll have at least two well I'm tapping months. out you're not supposed to tap out. I
0: can get like 150 in.
1: No, you gotta make, You have to get all of your push-ups. Like, do I have to keep going? You're already going? over 150. Do I have to
0: keep going? Or I can take a break in between. You
1: have to keep going.
0: I just, nonstop. Yeah.
1: Wait, I really didn't mean to change those rules. I need to go to the, the gym. Can, okay, you all approved the rules.
0: No, I didn't. <laughs> I just thought I had to do push-ups. I didn't know I was like a continuous basis.
1: I sent it to you all. See, that's why you, should, you guys should like read all of it.
0: Do, I can't, I can't like rest for a second. <laughs>
1: See, that was in the original, the original one. We actually had it to where you could have, I think two, like 15 second breaks or something. And then Uh, someone said, oh, that's too, that's too easy. Like you can't do that. uh, So I took it out and I even asked like, hey, I'm changing this, I'm sure you did. Yeah,
0: no, yeah, you did for sure. And no one said anything. No, (laughs) that's on me, that's on me, that's on me. I botched that, that's okay.
1: So that's working out in my favor because now we get to watch you struggle. And I feel like next time, you know, you'll be prepared. 300
0: push-ups i'm ready to go like i'm ready to do it i'm ready to go I'm, I'm going to the gym right after this but i'm only gonna just do push-ups for an hour now
1: <laughs> to prepare you and
0: when i can't lift my arms to drive myself home i'll call you to drive 45 minutes <laughs> back from arlington and take me home because <laughs> this is on you okay
1: you have to be ready they're expecting you to get all of these push-ups
0: huh? okay wow well, i got i wear my push-up attire and uh
1: you're, you're push
2: up Yeah,
0: you Yeah. Like real some like tight uh singlets so like my body stays compact like they do at those weightlifting competitions. And I'll for sure be wearing my crocs, but I'll put the I'll put the activity strap down, you <laughs> know. So that nothing gets messed up. Um
1: You'll be okay. You've yeah, got no,
0: this. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. Got, got this. Um anything else we wanna add? Um
1: so we also have um, Bryson Scott Reggie Lincoln, Barrett Brown, and Soul Darling, of course, um, participating. For the push-ups. For the push Sweet. And everyone is starting to get some decent push-ups, and you're definitely in the lead.
0: I'm okay. in the lead, for sure. People love me. I think that's why they keep buying them.
1: <laughs> but um, it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. I'm not sure what our what or when our next fundraiser will be for sure. Yeah. But once we find that out, we'll definitely share that information. But you can always donate to experience wrestling if you would like to do so. That's
0: right. You and know we'll go uh,
1: to our relief fund.
0: For your, your favorite wrestlers in case something inevitably happens to them and we can take care of them and you know, I mean it's happening right now, right? We've seen there was no shows for a very long time. Mhm. And uh, for an independent contractor who can't file for unemployment, that's a difficult uh, and all you got was one little stimulus check. Some people didn't even get that. Um, So that's a very difficult time, right? Um, And then at a time where a lot of people lost their jobs, you're trying to sell merchandise to people who also lost their jobs and you're trying to be conscious of other people as well as trying to put food on your table. So it's... It's an incredibly difficult time. It's, it's getting a little bit better now, but some states are gonna go back into lockdown. Um, not sure what, I mean, I don't know what'll happen by the time this comes out, but President Joe Biden might, might do that if he thinks it's best for our country, whatever the case may be. So whatever it is, there's gonna be independent contractors affected. Um, and so that relief fund is kind of the best way to support them or you know, buy a t-shirt if you can, if you're able. Um, but it's a tough time for everyone, um, and so I support is important.
1: So, one um, question that may help people when they're thinking about donating to us: right. like, what is the like cost difference normally when, say, you're buying a T-shirt? Like, how does that normally work compared to like if you if you donate something, you know that every cent of that is going to be going towards right a wrestler. But um, obviously, if you buy a shirt, that's not necessarily.
0: Wait. So, if okay, so if you buy a shirt from pro wrestling tees from a wrestler, mm. they get seven to eight dollars. Okay, if you buy a shirt, most wrestlers nowadays have a website. So, if you, specifically, if you go to my website and you buy a t shirt, that t shirt costs me, mm, depending on the design, like six to eleven dollars to make. We'll say it cost me eight dollars to make, the shirt's 25. Whatever that so, math is. So
1: basically buy from like their website.
0: So the best there's is to buy from their website. Um, most don't have, some don't have that because it's easier to do pro wrestling tees, right? Because they cover the shipping and handling and everything. Um, but there's more, the, the wrestler directly gets more um, if you go through their website. Because um, usually people buy the shirts beforehand. So that cost has already been kind of documented and then all the rest goes to the shirt and stuff. And there's usually more cooler stuff on the website and a lot of wrestlers now have Patreons or OnlyFans um, which is another way to yeah, so kind of directly way support way them. To
1: directly support them, yes. Um,
0: and okay. if uh, if you are following a female wrestler and they have an OnlyFans and they specifically say that they don't do nudes, please don't ask them. It's very inappropriate. Because um, OnlyFans is not... Doesn't... OnlyFans doesn't just mean oh, this is a pornographic website. No. It's just another way to create deeper access, uh, and have a little bit more, um, freedom with your posts on OnlyFans. Same as Patreon. There's no tiers on OnlyFans. Um, but the OnlyFans, the person who's posting it, they're posting directly what they want to share and what they're comfortable sharing. So don't ask for things that they're not sharing or not comfortable sharing. That's rude and it's not welcomed, you know? Yeah. Anyways. Um,
1: that was very, um, interesting. What? Like, all, all of that. I'm learning new things, that's great.
0: Yeah, um, I have a Patreon if you want to sign up for it, um, but whatever. Um...
1: What do you have in your Patreon?
0: Uh, it's just like, uh, like tiers, tiers of like, connection to me. A lot of the money, uh, depending on what level you go, like, some goes to You Are Loved, you get a free shirt and a video every month. Um, another tier is like a, a Zoom call with, with you and other, the other Patreons. Another one is like a one-hour Skype call. Um, a lot has to do with like my life coaching business, um, so it's just another way to free people to get that if, if one is more affordable than the other, or whatever the case may be. That's awesome. Um, but I'm going to ask you one last question. Okay. Um, and then we're going we're gonna to shut it down. Okay. What is your view on cancel culture? Go.
2: That question, really?
0: hmm uh-huh. It's important.
1: <laughs> so, um, I am uh, firmly of the belief that people do bad things. People do dumb things. People make mistakes but it's not my place to to judge that so i'm not going to to cancel someone for something that they did especially mm-hmm. if i don't understand what's happening in their life because mm-hmm. there's no telling like how they responded to that if they've had some moment of enlightenment and you know now some other type of person or whatever so when you talk about like canceling something somebody for something that they said especially like i, I don't know it, it 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 kind of bothers me so yeah. i'm not I guess I'm not on board with the whole cancel culture thing. I think it's kind of... um It's a very narrow field of vision.
0: Very narrow <laughs> field of vision. That's well said. That's well put.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably the best way that I can articulate that.
0: Yeah. Very narrow
1: field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a tough one.
0: No, it's good. You're right, because... We want to cancel someone. We want to cast them out. And then what? They're just going to go into another group or society and do the exact same thing. So we're not giving them a chance to heal and grow. Right. I understand there should be repercussions for actions. Right. You know, um, there definitely should be. That's why the speaking out movement happened. Right. That's why we weren't. We can't allow these people back at our shows or in our communities, Mm -hmm. right? That's the repercussion for their actions, yes. But they're not, they're not just, they're not just like dead, right? They're still human beings, they're still people who deserve to heal, Mm -hmm. they still deserve rehabilitation. Um, and so, yeah, you're exactly right, it's a narrow.
1: view. I completely agree with everything you just said. And and maybe it's the historian in me, but one of the things that always bothered me, or at least has bothered me over the last year, is that when everything happens, we try to or people have tried to either erase or discount history Mm -hmm. or like what either the individual has already done or something like that. And um, yeah, I I really think you have to kind of take that you have to take every part of that and look at it a little bit differently it's complicated I'm just going to leave it at it's complicated it's very it's, complicated it's, it's really complicated because it depends on the situation yeah, of course and what happened 100% so you have to kind of look at each one through its own individual lens yes but the point is that you can't go into it and just be like no you're done Like that's
0: you- so right you're so right every situation is different you can't look at each situation exactly the same as you did before you have to give it the time and the space and the effort to understand it. And, yes.
1: See, yeah, See, yeah I knew, you know, I,
0: I knew you knew what you were talking about. Okay, um, yo, this was a great episode, actually. Um,
1: I had fun, this was awesome. This is
0: a great episode. Um, a lot of stuff people are gonna learn about you, about our organization.
1: Yes, that's the good part.
0: Um, we'll definitely clip this portion and just put it on Experience Wrestling social medias when it comes out. Um, but um, what are what are what's the website, Twitter, and Instagram, so people can follow for, for, experience, for wrestling. experience wrestling? Unless you want to put out yours, but I feel like you don't.
1: Because don't. you guys don't need to follow me. <laughs> 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 Not unless you want to see a lot of really random cosplay. So um,
0: yes, people in wrestling, <laughs> wrestling. want to see that. That's cool.
1: So um, everything, well, experience at experience wrestling is going to be our Facebook, and then the Twitter and Instagram are at XP Wrestling, right? Give your phone You're the one who's supposed to be in charge of our Twitter shouldn't you know our Twitter I should I our should Twitter one? I, mean, I guess I don't have my phone right
0: Stand by He's stand by
1: making me look it up because he doesn't remember
0: stand by have I have looked for Twitter accounts okay it's a
1: lot So it's at exp underscore wrestling sweet that is our Twitter
0: Twitter Instagram and website yeah cool. Um, closing thoughts, closing remarks.
1: Share everything. That's, that's my closing thought. Share everything. Okay. I get so I get so sad when I, I find out about great things that are happening like super, super late. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we're not good about talking about the amazing things that we do.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm really bad about it too. Like if I do something great in the world or in my life, you know, I don't necessarily share it. Like share it like share it with everyone, let everyone else share it because we all need to know how amazing we all are. I think that's important. We forget that.
0: Let's celebrate each other. Uh, And on that note, um, that's it for today's episode. Um, Thank you for watching as always. uh, Appreciate you. If you like this episode or any episode you've ever watched, please share it with a friend, your neighbor, your peer, your colleague, your dog, your cat. Um, Go to Apple review it, subscribe to the YouTube, anything that happens. Um, And hopefully one day a coffee company in Dallas will sponsor this podcast and it'll be super cool.
2: Um, Other than that, I love you all. Thanks for watching. Cheers. Good night.